Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, a free and independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans. As I say every week guys, it's not just the pod we have here at Jersnet, we've got forums, articles, Frankie's got his social media, we've obviously got a podcast here, there's a history archive on the website so get yourself on that. If this is the first time that you've listened to the pod then we would ask you to subscribe and put the word out there in social media, let people know that we're here. Uh, we've got over 4,000 subscribers at the moment, so we're doing quite well. The pod is live tonight. It is the Friday night. It's a preview show. We're looking at the St. Murren game tomorrow, and Rangers can wrap up the title, well, if things go their way on Sunday. So it could be a really big weekend for Rangers uh, uh, this weekend. So we'll have a wee look at all that's, all that's coming over the weekend. So we're live tonight, but the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places uh, that you get your 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 pods, guys. Uh, so that's my introductions out the road, uh, and I'll bring my guest, it's Stuart Weir, who I hardly had a chance to speak to before we came on air because uh, my timekeeping is absolutely horrific, and I came on at uh, eight fifty nine. Was it Stuart? Eight fifty nine, forty three seconds. <laughs> So anyway, how are you? Because I never really got the chance to speak before we came on. I'm, I'm doing well, yes. All good, all good. Um, thank you for asking. Um, I think uh, in the same boat still as everyone else, just waiting for um, a bit of freedom at some point in time. It doesn't seem like it's uh, it's been a long winter, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be too far away, I don't think. I think one thing I am needing, even although it's thinning and I don't have as much of it as I used to have, I'm needing a haircut. It's getting a bit bad with the hair now, I must admit. Uh, but aye, aye, it's good. So looking forward to the weekend. I mean, it could be it could be quite a big weekend for, for Rangers and Stephen Gerrard. It could be, yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think Rangers did the business in, in midweek in a potential banana skin there um, and got a result. They, they went to tomorrow's game against St Mern, which again, um, it's, it's how... Rangers approach it. St Man have done pretty well against Rangers this season and they look pretty organised. Uh, and if Rangers get the result, then all the pressure is heaped on events on Sunday. And what happens there? I noticed one or two of my uh, friends who happen to be Celtic fans saying, What a state of affairs that we're having to beat Dundee United <laughs> to stop Rangers winning the title. Um, but that's the kind of season I think Celtic have had. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of Celtic fans saying that the, the They'd rather drop points on Sunday than than go a couple of weeks in you know in the old firm game. So I have a sneaky feeling that they might drop points on Sunday, you know, just just to, to avoid that scenario. But I suppose we'll find out. Uh, so I mean, before we we, we talk about this at Murn game, Stuart, I thought we would have a look at the the game on Wednesday night, the Livingston game. And I mean, I was I was watching it all I have to admit uh, it's. I mean, I've, I don't know how I've, the closer we've got to this, I don't know how I felt about it at times in terms of is it going to be as good as previous title wins because we're not there and there's you know there's no supporters on the ground and we're, we're not close to the team when it's going to happen. But I had a wee bit of a party to myself on Wednesday night. I must admit, <laughs> after after that win, I had a few was beers. It, was I had that a relief? Was that relief? I think it just felt like the moment that that was it done. You know what I mean? There was just absolutely no... No way. I think the way the win came about, you know, I mean, I don't think I've, I've ever seen a decent game of football at that ground, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's how it turned out again. And, you know, and just the way it was done, the last minute, you know, the last two or three minutes, and it just felt, it just felt like a good moment. So I had, I had a sweet Caroline on, you know, I had all that on, I had a few beers and I had a wee party to myself. So, I, I mean, it felt like, that's what I'm trying to say to you, Stuart, sort of 
going the long way about it. It, it felt like a, a, a huge win. It felt like a defining moment. It was a big win because, as you point out, Colin, Rangers, you know, Rangers have struggled there in the past. Whether it's the whether it's the surface they play on, whether it's the fact that Livingston are pretty set in their ways. I mean, I've, I, I know on social media I upset one or two Livingston fans by saying that the substitutes were warming up on Wednesday night and put up a a, a, a a video of a hammer thrower because that seemed to be the way they approached the game. But, listen, they, they have limited resources, but they're very good at what they do and make it difficult for teams. And they made it difficult for Rangers uh, on, on Wednesday night. But I think, again... Given what happened the previous weekend to Livingston, the fact they played a cup final, you could actually see them after about an hour starting to toil. They, they, you, you cannot, you know, not even the fittest football team in the world could press like that for more than an hour, having played a major cup final on the the, the Sunday uh, and lost. So that must have been a real kick in the lower lower yeah. parts to them as well. Um, but after about an hour, you could see that Rangers were really starting to stroke the ball about. And I, I, it was no surprise when Rangers scored. I, I, I agree with you. There was an element of relief about it, but you knew it was coming. And once once the, the win was confirmed, I think you could see at the end of the game with the response of the Rangers players, that that was a big, big win. There, there cannot be many... One nothing victories at Livingston that have meant as much over the years as that one did, but I could, you, you could almost see the the you know the, a, a big deep breath was taken and a, a big sigh as if to say thank God that one's out of the way and no mistakes three points and on to the next one. Yeah, I, I, I mean I think I think we made it a wee bit more special as well was the fact you could hear you know there was there was there was some fans had congregated outside in that hill that they could see in. <laughs> and you heard they, you heard them celebrating as well when the players went to them at the end and I, and I thought that was that, I thought that was good. It, it just the, the cheer, I mean normally you hear the bench cheering and the substitutes and all that kind of thing and maybe a couple of others. But it, it was just a wee bit more, you know what I mean? You could hear those guys outside cheering and it, it just made it great. I tell you one thing, I was I was I can't remember who I was messaging uh, during the game. I, I sort of say, I can't remember the last time I've seen a decent game of football on, on, on this park at this ground. You know, I mean, up and down the country every weekend, you know, supporters go to the games and after it, they head to their pub and, and have a pint and one will go to the other. That was a good game, eh? I don't think that's ever happened in Livingston, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no one just came out to a Livingston game and went to a local pub and went, that was quite a good game. I enjoyed that. It's that, just, includes, I mean, the, that includes Livingston fans. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. You know, the, 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 even their own supporters were like, oh, that was, that was torture. But, I mean, I suppose they've got to do what they've got to do, but uh, as it's, it's, it's never a spectacle there. Uh, I mean, on a, one, of, one of the big talking points in the first half, I know that there was a, a huge amount of them. Uh, you know, Morelos put through, brought down by the goalkeeper, not only did the uh, beaten not not point to the spot, he actually booked Morelos for a for a dive. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's been a few of these sort of decisions this season, and I and I I, I, I kind of get where Stephen Gerrard was coming from after it. You know, he was saying that you know he can get one making the mistake, and you know that's what happens. But the linesman's close by. You know, the fourth official was fairly close by. He's like three of them all made the same mistake, and I think that's where these frustrations came from. Because it was, it was, it was a, it was a shocking decision. 
It was indeed, and um, you know, I think I've said enough on social media over the last couple of days as to what my take on it was. Um, I just, I just thought the referee was absolutely incompetent, and you know, if you if if you play this out to its ultimate conclusion, you okay, Morelis was he's had the yellow card rescinded, but uh, you know, as I've kind of highlighted. If, if that had been a player that had, um, you know, basically denied a, a goal-scoring opportunity like that, because Rangers would have had a penalty, they'd have been red-carded and banned from the next game. Yet, John Beaton will be able to take his position whatever game he's assigned this weekend and carry on as if nothing had happened. And, you know, and I think Stephen Gerrard was rather upset that the referee hadn't contacted him. I mean, you... you you should be able to apologise for a decision like that. You really should be able to apologise for a decision like that because you have made an absolute blunder. Now, given that it was nil-nil at the time and given the fact that a one goal to Livingston could have actually won it for them, Rangers are, have a man booked and have denied a penalty. It's You're getting to a time of season where you know, small margins might make a difference between winning games and losing games or taking titles or not taking titles or, or, or worse still, relegation or, or or avoiding relegation. And I just think it, it sums up, for want of a better description, the incompetence of the officials in Scottish football. There's no, there's no sanction against these people when they make these mistakes constantly. Absolutely none. So they're, they're allowed to do it week in, week out. Nobody clamps down on them. Nobody says, "Time you took a rest, demoted them, or basically say, have you know, have a have a couple of weeks holiday because you're not up to this." And I, you know, and I think it's a, I think it's a slight on Scottish football, but nothing will convince me otherwise than than John Beaton had it in his mind that I mean, as soon as he saw Morellas going down. He was going to become for diving by hook or by crook. I don't. I, I don't think there were any checks. I just think he took the decision that he's going down, and I'm booking him. Yeah, and it it, it led to. I mean, I I think the stage we are at, at the season sort of provoked Gerard yeah. to, to do what he done. So that, because we're at that stage of the season where we're almost over the line, you know, I I think if this had happened earlier on in the season, Gerard would have maybe just sat in his hands a wee bit and not got involved. But he comes on at half time. To sort of remonstrate and 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 ask, you know, Beaton why he's made that decision, and and Beaton's whole attitude and his body language and everything is it's just uh, I think it's really poor. I think referees should be open to to to, to sort of debate and, and and conversations about decisions they've made, but it was just get away from me. There's a yellow card, and and, and okay, Stephen Gerrard's apologised for his his part in it, which is fair enough, but he's obviously frustrated. He's angry. I think. This is a build-up of a few decisions, and I think he feels now he's in a position to comment because we're nearly over the line. But everything about Beaton's sort of attitude, body language, it doesn't defuse the situation. It makes it worse. You know, it makes Stephen Gerrard go that step further that then ultimately results in him getting getting a red card. It almost um, it was almost as if I'm superior to you. It was dismissive of Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, it wasn't a case of calm down. Calm down, Mr. Gerard. I know you're upset. We can discuss this inside. It was, I'll make a scene of this on the pitch as well. Now, Stephen Gerard is far from blame. And, and I think, you know, he comes across as a guy who's um, quite calm and collected most of the time. 
However, you you do not do what he did as a player, and and you know and carry a Liverpool team on your back for the best part of a decade and win a hundred odd caps for England without having a bit of steel going through you, um, and a and a and a bit of passion coursing through your veins. And I think you're right, Colin. I think what you saw the other night there was almost a culmination of one or two dubious decisions that have gone against Rangers and enough was enough and he wasn't he wasn't having it and he wasn't taking it. You know, I, I, I it's it's fine sitting in the comfort of your your living room or watching it a day later and thinking, well he shouldn't have behaved like that. But in the moment of um, you know passion and a in a moment of uh, you know the temperature is rising in the game and rising in the season as well. It's why you have things like road rage these days because people want things done and dusted in an instant. And and listen, you can, you know, Steven Gerrard's banned for a game because of his actions. I think he'll take that. But what I don't think he'll take is the sizzle like that going against his team when it was so blatant. Yeah, and, and you want to know something. I, I, I think, I mean, I think Rangers have been... Some supporters will say they've been guilty of being maybe a wee bit too lenient in this because other clubs, you know, and we all know who we're talking about here, the minute there's any action or any decision against them, you know, the manager's very vocal and very critical. Whereas I think, don't get me wrong, Stephen Gerrard has, has commented that he's been disappointed in some decisions, but overall he accepts them. Even even on Wednesday night, he sort of commented he, he knows that officials have a hard job and, you know, he wants to support them. But he has overall sort of taken a step back and, and, and just accepted decisions and, and told his players and his team just to get on with it and and because of that because there was no crowd there on Wednesday as well, see when you heard what he actually said, you know, there was a few choice worse than well, I was off my couch going, yes Stevie, <laughs> tell him, you know what I mean and, and it, it, I, I think that it's the same thing, it's just that build up of, you know compliance officer and some of the decisions that have went against us that, that we've, we've just accepted it you know what I mean? Think, right, okay, the best thing is just to get on with it and focus on winning the next game and winning the game after that and doing the best we can and see where we end up at the end of the season. And you've got to commend Stephen Gerrard for that. But I loved seeing him being so passionate about it on Wednesday night and getting right in about the ref. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he should do it every week, but I, I, I genuinely love seeing that. I think if he was, um, if uh, he was he a yellow card for whatever he said to the referee at half time, I think when he was in the stand in the second half, you could quite easily have had somebody from Moonpig delivering cards to him because he seemed to have quite a few rants at various people. I wasn't quite sure whether it was the linesman or the fourth official or the Livingston bench, but he seemed to have a, a tirade or two uh, in reserve, especially the, the the end. And watching it with the volume down, you know, you could you could literally look, read exactly what he was saying, and it was it was it was funny. But again, it shows you just how it shows you just how near the big prize Rangers actually are, yeah. and it shows you just how desperate Steven Gerrard is to actually winning that. And and I think that more than anything, the fact that you you can have a guy who has you know, perform minor miracles this season and, and in the, over the last year compared to where Rangers were. I think the fact that you see that level of passion in him when Rangers are tap dancing on the finish line just now, I think that says everything about the type of man he is and the type of manager he is. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, Rangers made a statement today, so it, it's been announced that the, the, the booking that Morelos received has been rescinded, which I think is only fair. Uh, Stephen Gerrard has accepted his one-match ban. However, he's, he, he, he has, in the statement, it stated that, you know, Stephen Gerrard had picked up the phone and apologised for his sort of involvement in the whole thing. He'd expected John Beaton to do the same, and, it, and that hasn't happened, you know, and, and I think he's angered by that. And Ross Wilson was sort of keen to emphasise as well that he'd had, had a chat with Crawford Allen, who's the head of refereeing, to, to, to sort of express uh, the club's frustration. So although, the, I mean, the, this situation, this individual moment seems to have been smoothed over, you know, the, the Morelos situation, that's been rescinded, that's been fixed. Gerard's happy to accept he's, he's, he's one match ban. But you kind of get the feeling that there's still deeper grumblings at Ibrox, mm. you know, linked to the, the whole sort of refereeing standards, the re-refereeing of games and the compliance officer's role and some of the decisions that have against them. So this feels like it's it's sorted, but it still feels to me like there's deeper issues there. I don't, I don't think it's ever sorted. You know, if you go back, if you go back 30 years and, and longer, you know, to... Um, you know, you go back to Graham Souness when Graham Souness arrived in Scotland and you knew almost from the off there would be referees and officials attempting to make their mark on how they handled Graham Souness. And from that moment in time, Rangers have almost been, I mean, quite years of term at war with officialdom, but there has been, they have rubbed each other up the wrong way, put it that way. You know, and, and, and time and time again, I think because Rangers haven't pressed it as much as they could or maybe should have done, they have been perceived as being soft touches. Whether, you, whether, whether you know, Rangers fans agree with that or disagree with that, from a kind of neutral viewpoint, I would say that Rangers are looked upon as being as being easy touches at times and they're easily placated and they don't make too much of a scene and too much of a song and dance about things. But I think what we've seen, you know, currently is you've got a guy who, who is, for all intents and purposes, going to be crowned the winning manager of the SPFL title and he ain't taking any bullshit from anyone anymore. And and that could be the shape of things to come. Yeah, is it not a hard thing to strike a balance with, though? Because, I mean, there has been times, even as a Rangers fan, you know, some of the statements the clubs have issued in the past are like, is that really helping? You know what I mean? There was times when I was like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. And then after so many of these statements, you think, these aren't working. And I think this season, there's been an improvement to that. It feels like there's, I think Stephen Gerrard gives Rangers, you know, a, a, a certain amount of kudos, you know what I mean? As you've pointed out, He's a global name. He's not someone really to be messed about with. But it also feels like there's more going on behind the scenes, you know. Mm -hmm. In that statement today, Ross Wilson had said he'd, he'd, he'd been speaking to the head of refereeing. And I, I just feel there's... I, I know that, that, that there's that feeling that Rangers are a soft touch, but I sometimes wonder if they were making too many statements previously. And it feels now that they're getting there. They're starting to, to chip away at it. I think they might be chipping away at it because they're actually making their comments public and they're voicing their displeasure and they're showing their displeasure as, you know, on, on, on Wednesday night, it was, you know, 
it was very visual, exactly what Steven Gerrard was about to do. You know, ushering his players off and, and basically anybody who even came close to sort of getting in his way were brushed aside because he'd, you know, it wasn't quite a, a moment of love, but he only had eyes for John Beaton and he knew exactly what he, the point he was going to make to him. And, and, and I have to say, it's it's not something you want to see, but I can appreciate why he was feeling as passionate about it. Because again, remember, Colin, when Rangers come off the pitch at nil-nil at halftime, the game wasn't won. There was a chance they might drop some points and Morelos was on a yellow card. Yeah. A guy who historically has picked up red cards as easily as he's picked up yellow cards. And, you know, that might have been playing in Steven Gerrard's mind as well, that not only, uh, you know, not only has he had a yellow card, I could lose him to a mistimed tackle or, or looking at the referee the wrong way. And I think that as well, Steven Gerrard can only go so far to keep Morelos in check. He does not need his player being wound up by being accused of being a diver. And yet you can see through social media, you know, people who hadn't even seen it, well, that was typical. Morelos, yeah. you know, you just knew it was coming from Morelos. And I still wonder if John Beaton was part of that mindset, saying, well, it's, it's Morelos. Where was, it? was he going to score from there? No. Therefore, he went down too easily. He must have dived. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, on Morelos, and, and the sort of final point, uh, from from Wednesday, Wednesday night's game, you know he, he got his goal at the end there. You know he missed a few chances, and kind of like the team, you know the, the the whole sort of feeling of that performance all night was we just didn't give up. We just kept going. We we, we didn't get you know impatient. We were kept it calm and just kept plugging away, and we got there. And uh, Morelos was kind of the same, and it, it kind of struck me that. There seems to be a sense of maturity about him now in, in his performances. I think that, that's the type of game uh, not that long ago, he would have maybe been taken off, you know, in the huff because he'd missed all those chances. But his, his whole body language and his demeanour, when he was missing those chances, I was frustrated, but he wasn't, you know, in the same sort of mood and scowling and all that kind of thing that he's done in the past. And it paid off, you know, mm. with three minutes to go, he's still there. And he gets his goal, which, he, in my opinion, he damned. You know, he he had so many chances he damned that. But it, it struck me as, you know, maybe just a wee sign that he's maturing a wee bit and he's he's becoming a better player. Two two things. One is, and this is not, you know, a history lesson. Ali McCoy scored three hundred and fifty-five goals for Rangers. If Ali McCoy had scored every chance that he got, he would be up, up somewhere about eighteen hundred goals. Mm. Quite, you know, simply. If you miss, you get you just yourself down. You get back up and you go. You, you, you go and you try and score again. Eventually, you will score. And I think, I think Morelis was so determined to get in the score sheet on Wednesday. Hence the reason why he, he was left with a tap in. The other thing was, it was nice to actually see almost like genuine joy when he actually scored. There's, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never been into um, this sulking and scowling when you score goals. You know, if you looked at again, go back. McCoy, McCoy celebrated every goal as if it was his first goal. Kenny Dalglish scored every goal. It's, it didn't matter whether it's for Liverpool or for Scotland at World Cups, European Cup finals, didn't matter. He celebrated every goal 
as if it was either his first or it could be his last. And and for me, I think actually Morelos would, you know, again, I've been pretty hard on him at times, but I think he would do himself a favour if he actually savoured the moment and enjoyed yeah. what he'd actually just done. Yeah, uh, there, there's something in that. I mean, I always used to get frustrated at Marco Negri for that. You know, I mean, every goal he scored, he just looked like, you know, you know, it, it had some bad news of some sort, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, he's, I mean, he's won enough goals to have plenty of practice at it. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> but he's got mind that day he scored five against Dungeon United, and yeah. there was there was one goal. Or I'm off, I'm off and running and celebrating, <laughs> and he just sort of turned and is a fly, right, whatever. And I, it's kind of frustrating when you see players like that. I, I do prefer to see them expressing themselves and enjoying the moment. So yeah, but I, I did get the sense on on Wednesday night that. He's maybe just turned a wee corner in terms of his attitude because he kept going. He didn't let the missies get him yeah. down, if you know what I mean. He just kept plugging away and, it, and he got his reward. I, saw, I spoke to somebody this morning and, and or maybe yesterday morning and, and the one thing that I took from everything that happened with him scoring the goal and, and, and Rangers winning that match was there is only, only one party that he's interested in keeping happy. And that's 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 the Rangers team from Steven Gerrard through the players. And you saw the response to the Rangers players at the end. You know, when like Tavernier went and grabbed Morelos and the players went and sought out Morelos because he because of what he'd done. I think at that point in time you get to understand as long as Morelos is keeping them pleased, he doesn't really care about anybody yeah. else. These are the guys that he, he. These are the guys that he's living and working with, and these are the guys that he's looking to, um, you know, make his mark for and make his mark with. And I think he saw the kind of camaraderie at that point in time when you know Steven Gerrard grabbed him and gave him a hug, and Tavernier grabbed him and gave him a hug. Goldson did did yeah. the same. You're our, you're our talisman. You're our goal scorer. You did the business again. And you can actually see who's actually yeah, who's lapping yeah. that up. Enjoy and it. that's what you need to do with strikers sometimes. I think you need to give them a wee bit of special attention. On one one more final point on Wednesday's game on another striker that I quite liked. I don't know if you've seen it when Jermaine Defoe was coming out at half time. He noticed that Beaton was going to bring out the red card and in an attempt to stop it, he went up and offered him a bottle of water to try and get him a bit mixed up with his hands. <laughs> so, and, and Beaton just ignored him. But I liked that. I liked that sort of cuteness. That was uh, that was, was the ultimate professional. Ultimate professional, yeah. Very experienced. Yeah, he saw it coming. He saw it coming. He could, uh, that was somebody that could, you know, could really read the game and and and, and read the room and knew what was coming and and did his best. But no, beating was no, wasn't buying he that either. No, no, he wasn't buying that at all. But it was quite funny. It made me chuckle. Uh, right before we go into to tomorrow's game, Stuart, uh, I'll highlight uh, the the Rangers picks, Rangers Pickham's game, which is available to play for every. Rangers game, so it'll be on tomorrow. Uh, to win, a, to, to win, uh, to have an opportunity to win a share of a thousand pound prize pool, log on to www.rangerspicks.com. Complete a series of questions about the game. It'll ask you stuff, you know, how many corners, how many throw-ins, how many goals, etc. It'll also give you wee hints and tips based on previous games. Uh, put your answers in, and if you get enough of those right guys, then you're in with a chance of winning a share of a £1,000 prize. The more supporters that play, the more money the club gets. Uh, you must be over 18 to play. Terms and conditions apply. And as always, guys, please remember to play responsibly. Uh, right, Stuart, on, on to tomorrow. Uh, before we go on to that, it was, it was announced today that 
that Stephen Gerrard was, was named manager of the month for February. So four games in February, one three, drew the other, plus obviously the, the, the Europa League stuff. You would have to, I saw some people today talking about Callum Davidson at St. Johnson, which I kind of thought was a fair enough shout, but I suppose manager of the month is, you know, consistency over the month rather than just one game. So although I did feel a wee bit for Davidson, you would have to say Stephen Gerrard probably deserved it. Yeah, um, having having selected managers of the month on several occasions um, during my time, uh, you know, you you have to take everything into consideration. Um, there was a wee bit of me would say that beating Royal Antwerp and progressing to the next round of the Europa League might just edge out beating Livingston uh, in, a, in, in the cup final. Uh, and given the fact that everything else in league-wise, um, I would say that Steven Gerrard was a worthy winner. Um, it, you know, it was it was a it was a two horse race, uh, and you know one one of one of the, the two horses in the race was about a thoroughbred compared to the other one. So I I I, I didn't have any problem with actually who won the manager of the month award and deservedly so. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I I, I can sometimes I think because of when, as a supporter, you know, because Rangers have been in the lower leagues now and and, and over the last three or four years, you know, started following the juniors a wee bit. I think I've got more of an appreciation for, you know, provincial clubs and smaller clubs and all that kind of thing. So I'm always prepared to listen, you know, to, to calls for, oh, he should have got this or blah, blah, blah. And when I saw Callum Davidson's name get mentioned there, I thought, hey, that's probably a good shout. However, I think by the letter of the law, you know, one game, I mean, I, mean, I know it was a cup final and it was a big game for St. Johnson and fair play to them, they've won it, you know, and fair play to Davidson, it's a great achievement for them. But I think going with the, you know, the actual title of the, the award, manager of the month, then I, I think Stevie G deserved it. So, I mean, tomorrow's game, I mean, nothing will be decided tomorrow if Rangers win. However, it, it could be done and dusted by Sunday if, if, if Celtic drop points at Tannadice. Now, it's, it's, I think it was a year yesterday since Rangers' last defeat in the league when, when they lost at Hamilton. And, and it doesn't, it really doesn't seem that long ago to me. You know what I mean? In, in some ways, it, it seems like yesterday. And, and in other ways, it seems like so long ago, given everything that's happened, you know, with COVID and stuff like that. But when, when you, you take that game as a sort of starting point for where we are now, it, I mean, it's a remarkable turnaround. You know what I mean? It's, you really have to give it to Stephen Gerrard, his, his backroom staff, the players, everyone. Because as, as we went into this season, based on how we finished last season, I think everyone expected Celtic to win the, the title mm. this year. Well, everyone outside Ibox anyway. You know what I mean? I think the overall feeling was that there was something just fundamentally wrong at Rangers. We, we were a good team, but we, we couldn't get a consistent run and or a, or a run long enough to, to win a title and here we are in March and we're, we're still to lose a game in the league Yeah I mean I, I think there was a I think there was a real pain from last season at the end of last season because that this could that you know this could be their year and the wheels just you know, for whatever reason, the wheels just fell off, and it, it, it was a, it was it was quite a painful conclusion to the season. Forget COVID and all the rest of it. Rangers were as good as out of it by the time the 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 league campaign was concluded, and that disappointment and that hurt. I think actually sometimes 
especially in sports, sometimes you you need that to to kick you on to the next level. It's not that it's not the winning um, that that drives you on. It's the fear of the same feeling disappointment again. You know, a, a lot of sportsmen that I've spoken to, a lot of footballers I've spoken to, it, it's the adulation that you get and the 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 you know the feeling that you get when you succeed is fantastic. But it's avoiding the pain and the agony and you know losing and nobody able to get out of bed for two days and yeah. hide, hiding from your own kids for two <laughs> days because you, you know what they're going to say to you. And yeah. I think I think Rangers, one or two of the Rangers players took that on board and decided performance-wise, every 90 minutes was going to be that will not happen to us again. And you can almost see it, Colin, this season, the, the games that Rangers have pieced together. It's like every game has been taken on its own, on its own merits. It's yeah. 90 minutes at a time. And I know you, we've all heard it before, it's one game at a time. But Rangers have put this season together at 90 minutes at a time. And the one disappointment they have had was against uh, St Mirren. But they bounced back from that. And, and again... Disappointing that they, they they didn't manage to press on and maybe get themselves into a cup final, maybe win a cup. Yes, but the Scottish League Cup against what Rangers have achieved in Europe, um, I, I think you know, I think you're, I think you're comparing you know tractors and Ferraris there. I think I think if anything, you know, and especially. Given what I do, and in terms of other, you know, in, in radio stations and lights like Talk Sport, there is a real acknowledgement and a real um, sort of understanding now of what Stephen Gerrard has done. Because even if you've ignored Rangers this season domestically, if you look at what they've done in the Europa, Europa League, yeah, and you look at the results that they've had, and you look at where they're at compared, I mean, Rangers start. Rangers started playing in the Europa League three weeks before any of us had gone on holiday. You yeah. know, and I, I, and you know, it's like, it's it's almost like a year-round competition, and you know, and battling away on that front, you're you're almost having your pre-season when you're you're playing matches that actually mean something. I think I think that is an absolutely fantastic achievement this this far, and and long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Uh, the, the, as you pointed out, Stuart St Murn are the, the, the only team uh, to beat us this season, although it was in the league, it was in the, the, the Betfred Cup. Uh, I was looking at the form today, uh, and away from home, they're, they're, they're quite good. They've only lost uh, two of the last ten away games. A few draws in there, obviously, but only two defeats. And they've already won in Glasgow this year, and obviously they've beat Celtic. And... I mean, I know, I mean, Rangers fans get the, the old St. Boo and all that kind of thing. And they are, I mean, as a support, they, they kind of piss me off a wee bit, you know what I mean? They're a bit of a juvenile support, in my opinion. But in terms of the actual club themselves, you would have to say that, that, that Jim Goodwin's got something good going there and they've been impressive all season. And, and although Rangers are favourites, you would imagine this could be a tough game tomorrow. I think, I think, I think Jim Goodwin has his limitations, but I think he's one of these guys that gets 110% out of his limitations, if you know what I mean. I think he's he's got a well-organised and well-disciplined team who, who stick to their game plan. I think I, I think that was evidenced by the fact they beat Rangers in 
the, the League Cup. I think if you look at how they approached the game compared to others, it was like, where, where does the danger come from in terms of Rangers? And it was the two fullbacks, especially Tavernier. So just, we'll just stick somebody on on him and, and, and shut him down. Regardless of whether he comes forward, whether he goes back, whether he comes inside, we'll just stick somebody on him. And if that man misses him, somebody else will pick him up. And it absolutely negated the threat that Rangers had almost for this entire season when Tavernier's played. You look at the goals he scored, you look at the goals he's created, St Mirren managed to shut that down. And yeah. and that that is that is not through luck calling. That is that's that's actually through pretty good coaching and pretty good analysis. That if you're able to do that and come up with a system that stops Rangers playing, and arguably there are supposedly bigger and better teams in the SPFL that haven't managed that with Rangers this season. So you have to, you know, you have to tip your 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 hat to to Jim Goodwin and what he did that night, and ultimately what he's done the rest of the season. Do you think there's a possibility that that Jim Goodwin sort of set a template that night? Because as you pointed out, they they, they, they focused on the two fullbacks and and Tavernier and Barisic, and you would have to say Tavernier especially is maybe not has been as as, as influential since then. It's almost as other other teams have cottoned on. You know what yeah. I mean? Now Rangers Rangers have found other ways to get past teams. Correct. There was, you know, after after that game against St. Murren, you know, December and January and, and a wee bit of February, felt like sometimes a wee bit a wee bit of struggle. I mean Rangers got there and that's a sign of a good team. That's a sign of a championship winning winning team. But that sort of flair and and you know the the the, the sort of big wins that we were having earlier on in the season, they'd went and the influence that Tavernier and Barisic were having was more restricted, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and it kind of feels like maybe Jim Goodwin done something that day that other teams have then followed. Yeah, and I, but I also think that night um, in Paisley, I think that Rangers didn't have a plan B or an effective plan B, and I think the Rangers coaching staff took what happened in events from that night and basically said that if a team stops us from playing in certain areas, we've got to have a plan B or a plan C. And I think that's why Rangers have continued to win. If, if, if you look at if if you look at how Tavernier played and how much was how much he influenced games, if he's slightly been taken out of the equation, look at the players who have now stepped up. Look at the role that Morelos has played, coming slightly deeper, deeper yeah. holding up the ball, laying it off either side, not afraid to take the ball wide himself. Roof, Roof has done the same when he's been involved I think Rangers have actually adapted their game if plan A doesn't work and, and, and basically it's like it, up until you know sort of the turn of the year it was a pretty much a, a gold standard plan A at what yeah. time and yeah. time and time again but I think that night in Paisley I think there was a realisation from Rangers that we need something more to our game to win or to win matches because if we're shut down in the full-back areas, where are we actually going to get an attacking force from? And I think Rangers have countered that. And again, by the fact that if you look at the goals that Rangers are scoring, they're coming from different places and different people. So I, I, I think ultimately that might have been a disappointment that night, but I think it's given Rangers an added edge or another way of winning matches yeah. that might not have been there had they, had they just kept steamrolling teams. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's actually something I'd be considered. Uh, <clears throat> final point before we wrap up t- uh, tonight, Stuart. I know it's your Friday night. My Chinese is arrived. My Chinese meals are nice, so I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my son was my son was waving at me in my kitchen window there like the Chinese is here. Uh, Stephen Davis was 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 wheeled out today on on press duties. Now he's he's like him and McGregor, obviously the ones that were there the last time uh, the club won won a title. And it feels to me that both of them have, have been sort of integral and in, in sort of setting the standards and letting other another another players know what's required. But I mean, Stephen Davis's performances this season have, have, have just been outstanding. So I mean, how important has he been this year for Rangers? And 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 it feels nice that it feels sort of poignant that he's there when the club finally secures, you know, a title after everyone we've been through. He's um he's he's actually taken on a different a different demeanour and a different role. He's almost like he's almost like a guy who if you if you go back ten years ago. He was one of the real driving forces in the Rangers team. If you look at where he's, he is now, he's 10 years older for a start. Therefore, he might not have the same influence in terms of the engine, um, you know, running in all cylinders. But he's still a guy who can, for want of a better description, defuse situations. When other teams are turning up the heat, Davis is actually super cool. He, he doesn't flap. Doesn't panic again. Going back to that night down in Paisley, who was the guy who got Rangers back into the game? Yeah. You know, he he he's, he he knows he he's playing within himself. You know, folk are saying, well, he, he he's not really got you know long to go. I would I would say that's you know that's that's in his head how long he's got to go. The way he's playing just now, he could he could rock on for another couple of seasons playing that way. He's also I think. He's been used sparingly by Steven Gerrard. He's been given, um, I must say, a backseat, but uh, he's played slightly deeper when Rangers have had to hold on to possession and stroke the ball about. And all in all, I think he's he's had a pretty outstanding season. He might not have been as much of a, a key element as he was 10 years ago, but I still think he's been a big, big, player for Rangers at key times and in key matches and again right through the season whether that's in domestic competition in the league or in in the European games I think you see the value of actually and and I'm happy for Stephen Davis I'm I'm, I'm happy for him and as much as there's a lot of people out there suddenly realising after all these years the kind of qualities he's had I think sometimes he was he was buzzing about so much he didn't actually see what he was doing. I think now he's actually maybe slowed down a wee bit and been given a bit, you know, and has come back a wee bit and played a bit more of a quarterback role in front of the back four and also allowed the, the back the back four to become a back three with him part of it probably as the as the match player in the or, or the, the 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 guy that sets the pace in the middle and allowed the full backs to to go forward, I think all in all, this has been a really good season for him. And you know, I think it'd be he would, he would, he would, and probably will savor any winner's medal this time around, just as much as he did, and, and rate it just as highly as he did a decade ago. Yeah, it's interesting. See, I, 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 I mean, I'm not saying I didn't appreciate Stephen Davis the first time he was there, but I think I got a real, true appreciation of the player that he was. 
when when he when he went down to the Premiership, and see when he played in the the Euros for Northern Ireland. That I mean, his performances and that, I, I just mind thinking, my God, we had such a good player there. You know what I mean? And he, I mean, he was asked today about retirement. I'll be honest with you, the, the way he's playing at the moment. I, I mean, I know he's thirty six, but I mean, I think he's got at least another two or three years in him at this level. I mean, God, I mean, God, listen. Forty years ago, if somebody reached thirty two, they were a veteran. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I always, always remember always, two two guys, Richard Goff and Stuart McCall. Stuart McCall was always said that he would know when to give up because his body would tell him. And I, and I don't think his body ever get around to actually telling him. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 Richard Goff, who was you know had a stack of injuries at one point in time. He always he always considered any time he was injured as that being a, t- being a chance to rest up. So all he was going to do it was I'm giving I'm saving my body. I'm not playing. I'm having a rest. I'll just I'll just tack it on to the end, the end of, my of, career. Of, of my career. David Weir was the same. David Weir's mindset was exactly the same. So the whole thing about being thirty six, yeah, you know. It might be thirty six years on the clock, but it's 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 how the running gear's going under the bonnet. And just now, there's no sign of any any catastrophic failures, health or fitness wise, with Steve Davis. So long, mate, continue. Yeah, I would agree because I love him. I love Stephen Davis. Yeah, yeah, they are. Not, only, <laughs> not only are you hearing how much he loves his Chinese on Friday night, you're not hearing how much he loves Stephen Davis. So tune in after midnight to hear the rest of that story. Oh no, I'll, I'll be I'll be she- I'll be three sheets to the wind with then, sure. Don't tune in anywhere. Uh, right. I think it's probably best to wrap it up there. So a big thanks to Stuart for his for his his contribution there. Great stuff as always from him. Uh, we've got a show on Sunday night. Obviously, we'll be looking at, and we, we could be, we could be the champions by then uh, on Sunday night, guys. So tune into that. Depending on how the Celtic game goes, uh, I'm just having a wee look to see who's on. It's David Wren. Uh, there's Ian 27 and, there's 27 of us on in, in I know I we're all on if, if, if <laughs> results go right everybody's on the Christ I don't even want to go there but if, if all things being normal it'll be David Wren uh, uh, Ross and Ian Duff I believe who will be on on Sunday night so tune into that in the meantime I'll get to the end of this show eventually, guys. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, as I say every week, guys, look after yourself and stay safe. If this is the weekend, enjoy it. Have fun. Uh, if not, we'll do it at Celtic Park. Okay, bye for now.